afternoon. We're gonna jump right in. Don't wanna waste any time. How's everybody doing? Good. You guys ready to dive in? Yeah. You guys ready to lean in? Lean. All right. Well, listen. Uh, my name is uh, Matt Lacey. Uh, my beautiful wife Jackie and I. Say what's up, Jackie. Uh, we pastor Fountain Church in uh, the city of Pleasanton, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, we are not an art plant, but we are an art partner. And, uh, we restarted a church with about 15 people four years ago. And uh, we were in need of a lot of things, but two of the things that we were desperately in need of were resources and tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so happened that God graced us that Pastors Sean and Diana Nepsen yeah. live in our backyard. Awesome. And uh, so uh, we knocked on their door, and by God's grace, they opened it, gave us a seat at the table, and have been pastoring us ever since. And uh, partnering with ARC has been the best decision that we've made as a church. And so if you're contemplating about partnering with them, man, just, just jump right in. Well, listen, uh, you guys are in for a special treat today. Uh, our speaker needs no introduction. Uh, Pastor Betty Perez, he serves on our lead team here at ARC. Yeah. And uh, him and his beautiful wife and three children pastor uh, Church LV in Las Vegas. And they are killing the game, getting ready to open up a 90,000 square foot campus. Uh, super excited. Uh, but God has used their voice, uh, not just in Las Vegas, uh, but has used their, their prophetic voice and influence both nationally and globally. And uh, I know they've had a huge impact on our life. In fact, we sat in this breakout two years ago, and it's radically impacted the way we do church. And, uh, and it really set us free in a lot of ways. So I just want to encourage you, lean in. Don't get distracted. If you bust out the pen and paper, uh, get ready to take some, some copious notes. And uh, I, I got to tell you, um, I, I interviewed some of your team, Pastor Benny. And a couple of things that, that they said. This is from your team. Okay. They said that you guys, this, this was... This, this was an incredible phrase. They said, you are like grace in human form. And then one girl said, man, I moved from Chicago to serve. Another one said, I moved from Kansas City to serve. I'm like, how do you get people to move from like New Mexico to serve? Say them well. Uh, but this was, this, was my mo- this was my most favorite. They, they said this. They said that you and Pastor Wendy are not as concerned about your platform. As much as you're concerned about positioning others and giving others a platform. That's that's good. Good. So ladies and gentlemen, can we stand to our feet? Yes. Give a nice big welcome. Yes. All right. You can be seated. Thank you so much. I want to know who said I'm grace. What, what did they say? Grace what? Grace in human form. In human form. Give that person a raise. Who said that? Did you say that, Abby? Did you say that? You didn't say that, did you? No, you didn't say that. What is up? This, like, okay, can I stand up? Is that okay? That, that's a little bit awkward for me because I'm all legs and no torso, so I, I disappear. Uh, uh, so thankful. Uh, thank you for introducing me, and you have a great church and great people. If you have not yet decided to be part of the tribe called ARC, I don't know what you're waiting for. You don't have to leave where you are. To come into what we call as a big, gigantic family. One thing about Ark is that um, you know it's just kind of just big old tent, and within that big old tent, uh, you're going to find somebody that you know you can relate to, uh, you could really connect to, and um, and so you know there's 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 systems, and we need systems, and 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 man, we got great people with systems and. And then you have some people that, you know, are, are spirit and, man, they're Holy Spirit. And then you have some people that are confused. They don't know what they are. 
And uh, but you could find somebody that you could relate to. Um, I, I originally started coming to ARC just because um, I just got tired of going places where the first questions were, uh, "What? Do, how many? What? What are you running numerically? Right? And how much are you bringing in financially?" When I came in ARC, I was just like like a lot of you. I was just sitting there and and uh, you know people would say, oh, you know, hey, you're so-and-so. I said, yeah. And so, especially the Arc League team guys, and, and so they would just say, hey, we're going to go watch a football game. Come on up and watch a football game with us. And I'm like, wow, okay. So I went up, I mean, football game, watching football. Of course, they're all like LSU and Alabama. That's exactly right. But the thing that drew me, and, and, and I'm taking my time to tell you this because I think some of you really need to make that decision it's really about relationship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if your church is growing, praise God. If it's not, you know, praise God. If it's, you're just starting or you've been at it for a lot of years, you know, uh, praise God. We just want you to be part of what uh, is happening here at the Ark. And so quick story about, about us. And we have some of our staff members that are here. Um, I've been married 20 years coming up on March. I always get confused, but I think it's about March the 3rd. <laughs> and uh, don't laugh. I guess some of you don't know it either. Uh, <laughs> no, March the 3rd is my sister's birthday. March the 8th, I think, is, is my anniversary. <laughs> been somewhere in March, okay? <laughs> we started, we moved originally from Seattle to Las Vegas, in, to Las Vegas in 2001. And um, for our traveling ministry, and then after being there, uh, we realized that God had kind of moved us, and he didn't tell us, but he wanted us to start a church. We didn't know anybody in the city, really. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't you know, on staff at the church anywhere in the city. I, I preached occasionally in the city, but they were, like, far away from what we originally were going to actually plant. Long story short, we planted with 27 people. In our house, 25 of them we did not know. Okay, so it's, there was, I, I don't even think ARC was around. Maybe they were, but I didn't even know about ARC. So right now, if you're planting, you get a launch team with people you actually get to know. That's probably wisdom. I just said, hey, I had one friend in the city. I said, hey, I don't know why, but I want to I do these uh, Holy Spirit kind of meetings in my house. And he said, okay. And next thing I know, he tells somebody, and they start telling people, and literally 25 people walked in. I had no clue who they were, their background, nothing. And, uh, and so we didn't know it was going to turn into a church, but uh, it just started growing. And we outgrew, our, we outgrew our house, so we went from 25, and we ended up like 75 people crammed into our house. And then, and then we thought, I think God might be saying start a church, you know. So we prayed, prayed. So finally we felt like, man, I think God's saying start a church. So we had about, a, we had about uh, 200 people that were coming once a month. And then they said, if you go to any of the church, don't come, don't come back the next month. And sure enough, people were obedient. And we only had 100 people that, that were there. And so uh, we just kind of were trying to figure out how to do church. And our official launch was in uh, the third week of September in 2003. And we launched with 300 people. Yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? Uh, then the following week, we went back down to 200. And then that first year, we grew to 600 people. Second year, we grew to 1,000 people. 
30 years. So I'm the exact opposite of a lot of the stories that you hear. And when we had the Gideon revival, we kept decreasing. And I couldn't relate to that because by, by five years into it, we were at 2,000 people. And we just, I mean, we were just blowing and going. I mean, nothing's going to stop us, you know. And, and uh, we were, it was so funny because Outreach Magazine, you know, which number are we are? Number one, number two, you know. And, and that stuff was just crazy, crazy times. And then uh, recession hit. And I'm like, dang, I didn't know that was going to happen, you know. And a bunch of stuff hit. And so our thing was like we like blew out of the gates, bam, just going crazy. And so a lot of the Arc Lead team guys, you know, it was like five years. We didn't get back to our launch time, you know, our launch, you know, first week until five years. We were blowing and going. So they had the first five years were rough for them. My middle five years were the worst for me. If you were to do it, get, get it out first in the first five years. I'm just telling you right now, if you're, if you're following like all the other guys, Praise God you're getting it out the first five years. Because it's like we went from heaven on earth and it's hell, 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 you know. And, and now, and now we're, we're back, you know, and, you know, our church should probably, I don't know, 4,000 whatever people are, are coming. And it's just been awesome, you know. But in this journey, and I tell you that just to tell you, you know, our journey, because if you're in a great spot, I could feel you. If you're in a terrible spot, I really feel you. And maybe you're boomeranging again. I feel you. I'm telling you, I've been there. But one of the things we never deviated from when we started our church was I always got asked this question. And maybe you get asked this question if you're going to plant a church. And it was a little bit more prominent back in the day for me. They said, are you going to be a seeker-sensitive church or are you going to be Holy Spirit or old-time Holy Ghost? Okay. So it's always watch. It's always either or. Right? Either or. You got to either do this or you're going to do that. I like what Miles, my friend, was saying, right? It's like, no, there's a third option. Right? No, I'm not here. I'm not there. There is actually a third option. And I actually believe there's a third option. And I believe not just in racism, there's a third option. I'm Hispanic. The number one ethnic group in America is Hispanics, Latinos. Is there any Latinos? Oh, yeah. We're not deciding the majority anymore. I want to hear some noise. Are there any Hispanics in in this place right now? Now, unless you white people think I'm racist. I married a white person. And when I say she's white, she's white, white. Like she's night, light, bright, white. Like, when you cover yourself, you're glowing, that white, I'm telling you. So I'm not racist. I just wanted to throw it out there because some of you looked at me when I said white people, okay? You can call me brown. I'm all good with that. We have three kids at home called coconuts. You know what a coconut is? Brown on the outside, come on, white on in the inside. They only pick up half of what I say when I go ghetto on them, all right? So I always got this either or. Oh, you're going to build a great Hispanic church. Why? Because I'm Hispanic leader? Do you you tell a white guy, hey, you're going to build a nice white church. (laughs) Can can I be real with you right now? Okay, you don't even go there. Okay. You should let me talk on racism. I'm funnier. But there is a fourth option. 
Betty Perez, praise the Lord, right. So, so this whole thing permeates our culture, permeates our culture when it comes to what kind of church you're going to build. Are you going to be either or? Your, 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 your racial makeup, are you either or? Um, do you believe in women pastors or you don't believe in women pastors? I mean, I can go on and on with this, right? Um, I mean, it just permeates the culture. And unfortunately, I, I think the enemy wants to pit us against each other. So if you're more of a systems person, you're more of a, you know, I, I'm more seeker sensitive, old term. Uh, that's okay. And that's what God told you to build your church. That's okay. If you're Holy Ghost revival, you know, that's, that's awesome. So let me give you my background. So when I teach you just a little bit of stuff that you understand that I know what I'm talking about in context. I've had the opportunity just by my gift mix that I get to preach the whole spectrum. Okay. So I'll preach at Lakewood Church, and then I'll go preach at Bethel Reading. Okay, that's pretty out there. Are you hearing me? Okay, now I have a preference, because I have a default mode like your computer. Okay, but when I can preach someplace and I'm karate chopping people off the stage, and, and, and there's angels everywhere, I'm telling you, that's what I enjoy, okay? That's just me. And in fact, I, I got to be honest, when somebody was talking about the river and it was, it was Dave and, you know, don't let my skinny jeans fool you. I'm a little bit older than, than some of you, but I'm a spirit guy. I love the presence of God. I love the move of God. I no Listen, I, I love when Bethel Redding tells me, to, yes, I'm there. You know, I love that. But, but I, I've had to learn to adopt and I've had to learn to, to be a student of of all streams and and to learn from everyone. And quite frankly, we bring everyone into our church. So I've had Craig Rochelle preach at our church, largest church in America. I've had other guys that would, most churches wouldn't have them because they're a little bit crazy, a little bit out there. Okay. But I've learned this, that Jesus was not either or he was always both. And I want to talk to you about the both. And I want to talk to you about what it's like, to have a church that's both and that's not either or. In fact, I'm going to even get more specific of how you can do that on a weekend experience. Now, this is just my experience. Okay, this is just me talking. But I do believe that in the context of a weekend experience, that I would suggest to you, like a lot of my ARC lead team members say, that predominantly it should be to reach the de-churched, detached, unchurched people. No question about that. But I would push back a little bit on some people that say we don't want to freak people out. The fact of the matter is when we say we don't want to pe- freak, freak people out is because we think they're going to be freaked out. But That's you're not an unchurched person. That's a good point. So, so how would you know how an unchurched person would react to something? And I would dare say and submit to you that a lot of our thing that we push back on is because we got freaked out because we saw abuse in the church. Because we got freaked out because it was done weird. Come on, talk to me now. Right? It was, ta- it was done weird. Now we have a whole new, whole new generation that has never seen this stuff before. And they're like, they're like, wow. No, I get invited to youth conferences. Don't ask me why. I just got invited to a massive youth conference. Yesterday, Banny Leipzig calls me, okay, and says, hey, this, can you do this? And I'm like, Banny, why are they asking me? They go, well, there's nobody else that they can get. So you're, you're the only one. 
But the reason why is because I just feel like there's a whole generation of millennials and younger that have not seen the genuine, real demonstration power of the Holy Spirit in a culturally relevant way that all of a sudden they like, I can't explain that. I've never experienced that, but this is pretty incredible. Does that make sense? So let me just, let me just tell you the story because I know most of you are young, so the millennials like stories. It's true, right? You know? And so, so I was, I was preaching at a church in Southern California. And so I was ironing my clothes early in the morning. And, and, and I know I should be, should be praying, but I wasn't. And I was ironing my clothes. And so I turned on TV and there was the Kardashian show. All right. Does anybody watch the Kardashians? Just wave your hand at me. It's okay. You're not a sinner. Okay. My own worship leader is raising her hand. Yes. So, so I'm ironing my clothes, right? And this is in Agoura, California, Calabasas area, all that kind of stuff. Very wealthy place. I preach at this church. And uh, so I, I'm kind of like praying and just thinking about stuff. And okay, God, I, I really feel like I have a good message for the church and stuff like that. As I'm ironing my clothes, this is, this is an episode. And the Kardashian girls invite. Now, this is Hollywood. This is influential people. And they invite the spiritists to come into their home. To clear it out and to make contact with their father. I'm watching this. Ironing. And so the spirit just comes in and they start lighting stuff and they start doing this kind of stuff and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden they, they said, okay, let's sit around and okay, let's clear our minds. And I'm like, I'm like this, is, this is cool, you know. And, I, and all of a sudden the spirit just says something like this. He's here. Look at walks right in. He's here. Uh, uh, that was prophetic, baby, right there, man. Who could call it like that, baby? Well, so when you do, you know when they ask you what was your favorite app, you better tell them this was your favorite app, okay? Why? Because he said he's here and a guy walked in, okay? That's it. Now watch this, because I'm going somewhere. He's he I'm ironing, and all of a sudden. Because I keep hearing people tell me the world doesn't want this. Don't freak them out. Don't do all this kind of stuff. And yet the most powerful influential people in Hollywood are paying people big money to come on in to freak them out. I'm just telling you this is culture. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about culture. And she goes, they go. And, and, and then she comes in. Oh, no, he comes in. I missed it. I'm a false prophet. Stone him. Well, not too ain't bad, brother. Okay, I got time. I got to hurry. Are you taping me? Yes. Okay. So, so all of a sudden, this, 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 this psychic says, uh, he says this, he says this, and they start crying. Oh my God, nobody ever know that. This that was like the special thing that he said to me. And, and, then, and then he goes on and on and on. They're weeping, they're crying, and I'm ironing, and I'm getting mad, I'm getting mad, I'm getting mad, because I get 
fed this. I got to be careful. I'm not in Vegas, so I'm going to use better language. I'm tired. No, you don't want me to say it. Then I'm tired. I'm tired of being told that the culture doesn't want it and the church doesn't offer it. So they're going to psychics and witches and warlocks and everything else. So I'm getting mad. As I'm... That was the best crease, man, in that pants. I'm telling you that. It could have cut you. It was so bad. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And he says to me, he says, where the church pulls out, the enemy fills that void. And I heard that so clear. There was just, just that void. There's that void that's there. And so... So I'm like, okay, God. And so I, I step into this. I step into this weekend experience. I, I guess I was the guest speaker, obviously. And uh, I preach. And if you know my style, I'll be very funny. I'll crack a lot of jokes. I try to be relevant. But there's a sense when the presence of God just shoot, just shifts everything. Yeah. And so, so my friend, he says, okay. Uh, he goes, so I do morning meetings, and there were really good people get saved. And he says, okay. He goes, Manny, can you go a little bit deeper on the night meeting? I said, okay. He said, no, no, I just want you. Okay. I said, all right, I got it. So, but you got 35 minutes, five minutes response. Got it. Holy Spirit doesn't need a long time. I just need a long time. So, um, and make a long story longer. What happens is, is um, we preach it. We just make an altar call. And this is how, this is, this is where most of us get it messed up. Is you don't have to you don't have to be weird to move in the supernatural. Can I just give you can I give it to you this way? I think you could be naturally supernatural. And that's through your personality. Does that make sense? So all of a sudden I'm just I'm just praying to make altar calls so people get saved, and then all of a sudden I just I just say, Hey, uh, you right there, and this girl looks at me like, Oh my gosh. And I just said, Hey, you know, I don't know anything about you and and I said, but, and I just, I just, I, I don't say, this is a prophetic word from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, ah, and you're going to be, ah, and it's going to happen, ah, and the Lord says, ah, and it's, I mean, I was just, sorry if I just messed some of you up, right? But I've been prophesied over like all kinds of crazy stuff. And I say, hey, listen, this may not make any sense, just like this. And she starts weeping and crying. And uh, first time in church. And I say, can I pray for you? She goes, sure. And I didn't do the, I didn't do the. <laughs> You're laughing if you know what I'm talking about. Especially Latin Pentecostal people. You know what I'm talking about. Still recovering from my neck injuries from church. You don't even know. Some of you are, some of you need to laugh. You look younger, by the way. And the power of God hits this gal. And she just, she collapses to the floor. She has a vision. What I did not know is she was the number one Roy's, Rolls Royce salesperson in the world. Dealing with the most high profile, prolific people in the world. On her phone is all these rappers and rock stars and this this. She's blown away. She's never experienced anything like this before on a weekend. Okay? She says, hey, uh, I work at this Rolls Royce dealership. I want you to come 
And can you just come and just stop by? So me and the pastor, sure. <laughs> we go to the Rolls Royce dealership. Come on, I'm some guy from Pico Rivera, California. Okay. And I, I, and I she, she, she goes, that's the guy, points to me. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Assume the position. No, I'm, I, I didn't take anything. No, just kidding. Not really. And, uh, and she, she introduces me to one of the top salespersons in the world, a Bentley dealer, the Bentley cars. This is the guy that, and she starts explaining her experience. And he goes, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. I say, I know, bro. It's, you know what happens is kind of God loves people so much that he gives, you know, sometimes a little bit of people information. And, and he goes, are you a psychic? I said, no, I'm a Mexican. <laughs> exactly his response. He starts laughing. Why? Because laughter keeps the yeah. soul open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It keeps everybody open. Right. Humor is good. Yeah. It's just like, ha. Huh, you know what I'm saying? You can't be mad at somebody you're laughing at. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, don't, I don't use Christianese with people. And he goes, wow, that's really interesting. And I said, yeah. And so, so I, I could tell you a whole story about this. And she goes, man, my life, blah, 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 blah. I said, great. She goes, have you ever driven a Rolls Royce before? I said, actually, I own one. She goes, you do? I said, no, I'm just kidding. And <laughs> she, said, I, she goes, let me take you this one. And this, one, this is the only one in the world right now. It just came out. And, um, and I won't tell you the, the guy that wants to buy it, but you would know the guy's name. But I can't, I can't sell it to him, even if he wants to pay like twice as much. I said, man, it's a beautiful car. She goes, how would you like to, to drive it? I said, sure. She flips me the keys. She says, bring it back whenever you want. No, I'm just true story. I'm not making this up. And I, for real? She goes, yeah. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> So me and my friend, we're like driving around Calabasas. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, I don't know why I told that story. But here's my point. I can tell you story after story after story of people in a moment encountering something they don't understand. But they're hungry for that. Yeah. And people that push back, it's like, well, you know, no. Just by the definition of God himself, that means he's supernatural. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the life of Jesus. I, I need my, my eyes healed. And spits in his eyes. Hello. That's not culturally relevant. Hello. He spits in the ground and one time makes mud, slaps him in his eyes. Now, I know that I said, well, well, we're in America. We're this, we're this. So I'm just making my case. It's a hyperbole. I am, I am being ostentatious for a reason. So to bring it down to a place where I live called Las Vegas. We are not the Bible Belt. Las Vegas now is the fifth most unchurched city in America. Latest is San Francisco. I, I just looked it up. Reno is number three, and then San, and the Seattle's four, and we're number five. So I'm dealing with an unchurched culture. When you study the scripture, like in the book, like the book of Ephesus and Ephesus, look how Paul broke open the city in Ephesus. 
Look how in the New Testament things were broken open in unchurched regions. Right? There was the power of God that was released. Okay, so how do we do it on a practical basis? So I have some handouts here. And so what I have here, and I'm going to take one of these. I have to take one of these. Thank you, Matt. And so people always ask, well, what, what's your order of experience like? So I'm actually going to give you our order of experience from last weekend. Okay? So you're going to see it. So you go ahead and just pass it out. I don't know if there's enough for everybody because my faith was really small because I thought you'd all leave after lunch. <laughs> Seriously, I, I really did. I'm like, there's going to be five people here. So you may want to just share with somebody. I want to go over this and, just, and then just give you some practical things. Okay, and then open up for some question and answer. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. Okay. Are you guys really wanting this? I just, I just, okay, because I'm a little bit eccentric and out there. So just, just, if I'm too much, just wave your hand at me. Okay. And we'll take it up another notch. Here we go. Um, give me, give me the one that has the weekend. This is just Saturday night. I want the one that has on Sunday. Do you have the Sunday one? Yes, sir. Thank you. This is. Daniel, he plays on our band. This is Pastor Miguel. He's in charge of our of our president uh, uh, university. And this is Abby. She's leading worship. She's one of our worship leaders. So, so they're here today. So thank you for being here. So our experience is an hour and about 15 minutes long. So if you're getting these sheets, just share with them. Just share with somebody. Look, look in the front row. They need some in the front row, Daniel. Okay, just, just grab. Oh, there we go. Okay, just share. So I want to I want to give you this context first. Okay, so I'm looking at the uh, we have eight thirty ten eleven forty five on Sunday mornings. We have six o'clock on Saturday nights. Okay, so if you look at let's look at the eight thirty worships at eight thirty, and you see the breakdown uh, transition takes place. You see the welcome and announcements, revival night promo. Church conference, by the way, shameless plug, but November 6th, 7th, and 8th, come to Las Vegas for a church conference, okay? We have some great, great speakers. We're going to have a great time. And then we have uh, church conference promos, generosity, and we sing one song right before we get back up into the message. Now, the reason why we do this is because what I always sense is we have a great worship time. Typically, we would worship anywhere from 18 to 21 minutes so, and then it's like heaven is on earth, and then we switch it, and we just greet people, and, it, and by the time you get to preaching, yeah. they're kind of just like off again. Yeah. So we want to recalibrate people. So what we do, if you notice right here, we sing, and this one was Touch of Heaven, Aranessa was, was leading that, and so for about two and a half minutes, right after, we're just worshiping as the containers are being passed, people are standing, we're worshiping, we want to get that atmosphere back right where it needs to be and then if you notice it says 35 minutes message i happen to be speaking this weekend five minutes altar call and then we should be rolling out of there by about 9 40 you can see the other experiences and things of that nature so this is the play somebody say the play this is the play that's called okay this is it we're not just flying by the seat of our pants okay we got it out we got it timed out this is what we do but I like football. Anybody like football? Yeah. Okay, so you know that, that, that when you have football, when football, if you're a quarterback, and the, one of my favorite was like Peyton Manning, he'd come to the line, and you know he'd be calling an audible. When he'd go, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. And, and if you didn't know anything, you're like, what's he saying Omaha for? Because the previous play that was called in the huddle, as he comes out, he sees that the defense... That play's not going to work. Right. There's a better play that's going to work. 
So he calls an audible and his team knows we're not going to go by the script. So I tell my team, Pastor Miguel will tell you, my worship leaders will tell you that we, we got this down, baby. We got this down. Countdown club. But when the Holy Spirit calls an audible, we're ready to move with that. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so it could be during the worship experience, there's a transition that takes place. And who's ever doing the transition, you know, might be Pastor Miguel. And he feels like he's got a word. What I mean by that, he may say, man, there's somebody in here. I just want, I just want you to know that God is for you, not against you. And you know what? Some of these right now, you, you just feel like, and he just describes something. And I'm telling you what, like clockwork, sometimes, like, is that you? And like three hands will shoot up. And we say, okay, let's pray right now for them. I like to call it this way. I, I call them 30 second drive-bys. So good. Yeah. Come on. I think where we make the mistake is we want to park somewhere where God is just going by. So I grew up in an era where the Holy Ghost is here and we parked there for like 10 minutes. Could it be that God could do something in 30 seconds? But can you just give him that time? So so maybe maybe during uh, when, when I'm getting ready to get up to preach, right? The two and a half minutes and I'll get up. And usually I'll get up about 30 seconds left in the song. I say, come on, church. Let's, let's, let's sing with Abby one more time. Come on. You know, and we start. Come on, church. Right now. And so then I'll say, right now, there's somebody with a heart palpitation. Where are you? You be dealing with the heart palpitation. In fact, you went to the doctor on Thursday and... And somebody like, oh my God. 30 seconds. I say, come on, church. In fact, if anybody else is sick in this place, lift your hand right now towards that. And literally within 30 seconds to one minute. And it's not weird. It's like, is anybody here? Are you dealing with this? Do you feel this? I don't even go like, and the Holy Ghost is saying to me right now. I just say, you know what? This is what I feel and I sense. This is what I believe God is saying. Are you there? And it's like, it's amazing. And, and I just like, God, give me more 30-second drive-bys. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Pastor Miguel, and they'll keep me honest. And, and uh, definitely, Abby will keep me honest. <laughs> and, and, and they'll tell you, I'll be preaching. And this happens, this, this happens often, but it's not regular. I'll just be preaching. All of a sudden, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And all of a sudden, I say... 700 seat auditorium, so it's not that massive. And I say, hey, you over there. Yeah, 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 right over there. Yeah, you. I said, your heart rate just jumped. That's not a prophetic word. You're just nervous, you know, and everybody's <laughs> laughing. And, and also, I'll do a 30 second drive by. I said, and this happened, right? This happens all the time. And I go, um, how long have you been coming? They'll go, first time. <laughs> Every time. First time person. And I said, you know what? And I'll, and I'll give them a word. Like this one, with this one gal. You know what? It's going to turn around. You feel like your life is over. But God says he brought you today. And you're going to walk out of here with hope again. Start bawling your eyes out. And I just keep on preaching my next point. Does that make sense? So I'm talking about just creating that space. Are you guys with me? Okay. So let me just deal with Because my wife, she wrote notes. So I could give you something. <laughs> Number one, write this down. We have to be men and women that are committed to the spirit 
to the Holy Spirit. You can't get away from Acts chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. You got to be committed to the Holy Spirit. What I mean by that is, number, number, write this one down, committed to use all the tools made available by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 through 16. I don't have time to read it. Some of you know that. He's given us gifts. Be committed to those. Number three, you need to be committed. Ephesians chapter four, verses 10 through 16. It's okay. Also, first Corinthians, you could study on the gifts of the spirit, but I, I don't want to take up all the time. I want to make some questions, give some questions. Number, number two or number three, committed to shepherding. Shepherding, I'm going to explain that to what I mean because it's so important. Committed to shepherding, to pastoring. And I want to explain this to you. This is a big one when it comes to creating space in your weekends. If something is out of order, you cannot be afraid to, as a pastor or as a leader, to call it out. This creates security for the people. They know their pastors are leading and won't allow for things to be out of order. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. I have lived in 15 years of doing church LV. We have never had a tongues and interpretation on the weekend. In my Sunday got church, we had it five times a weekend. No, they would be the same person doing the same thing. There are some things, spiritual gifts, that I do not believe should be exercised on the weekend. And I could go theologically, we could discuss that, but that's for another topic, okay? But but here's here's where it gets weird when... We want the Holy Spirit and we want a little bit more freedom, but we let people, watch, take the freedom without the leadership leading them. You can't let people take freedom if you're not willing to lead them. So I have literally stopped people. Like, like you don't know. No, you need to no stop. And they want, if you don't stop, we're going to escort you out. And like, they're looking at me like, you? And then they see six foot nine, Big Ben coming their way, and they're like, no, him. <laughs> I have countless people come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Benny, thank you so much, because I came from a church that was so Holy Ghost that it was so weird. Yeah. Then I have people that, that don't know nothing or came from a Baptist or a Presbyterian church. They said, wow, thank you for taking leadership. I win on both sides. But you have to be willing, watch me now, to lead them, to guide them, to say this is right and this is wrong. This is the right order. This is not the right time. Is that all right with you? You know what I'm saying? So I'm committed to that. I'm committed to that. I don't shame people, but I'm not going to let people hijack a service. It's not going to happen. Number, number, what number am I on? Four. Whatever. Four. <laughs> Committed to obey the Holy Spirit. Committed to obeying the Holy Spirit. Not everyone is the same, and therefore the expression of the Holy Spirit through you is unique. I will share some of the ways that God uses me, which I've been doing, 
in our church culture. But listen to me. You need to obey the Holy Spirit the way the Holy Spirit uses you. If you're quiet, then it's okay to be quiet as the Holy Spirit uses you. If you're loud and demonstrative, if you're a little bit funny, listen, don't try and be anybody else. Be committed, Holy Spirit. I'm going to obey you the way that you use me. Okay? I, I, I Listen, I'm a terrible fill in the blank. I'm a terrible bishop. Jay, get ready, get ready. My voice will get shot right around. Uh, I like this one. This my, my, I like doing this. Sometimes I just pass the time by being imitating people. <laughs> my church loves this one. Well, I was complaining to the Lord the other day about Dave. And the Lord said, Joyce, Dave is not the problem. You're the problem. It's Joyce Meyer. Have you ever heard Joyce Meyer? I mean, she's, and I love Joyce, you know. And Joyce Meyer would just tell 15,000 people, you know what? You just need to shut up and stop it and start acting right, right? Yeah. And everybody claps. Yeah. Am I right? Is that true, right? If I get up and tell people, shut up and act right, they walk out of my church. Isn't that right? So what does that tell me? It tells me that you got to obey the Holy Spirit in the way he uses you. Right? Be you. Be you, bro. Rocking that beard. Be you. You want to know why? Listen, you're creating an original. Don't die a copy. A copy is worth three cents, maybe less now. But you're an original. Be committed to the Holy Spirit. So, so here's some ideas and some things that we've incorporated. And then I'll give it up to questions that I realize I've just going too long. I apologize for that. We do a thing called Revival Nights, a.k.a. First Wednesday. The first Wednesday of every month, we rebranded it as Revival Night. With longer worship and opportunity for longer prayer times, altar calls, and it would be more charismatic phenomena. Uh, we go for it. I mean, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go, I'm going to like go crazy on that night. Okay. But the people know that's a revival night. Okay. We have more time to pray for the sick, more time to do all kinds of stuff. Number, uh, here's some ideas and methods underneath this. That's the first thing. Number two, explain what is happening as it is happening. So I, I would tell people, what you just witnessed right now is a word of knowledge. What's a word of knowledge where God gives me or gives somebody knowledge about somebody because he loves them so much he wants to get their attention. Easy. I explained to them. What happened to them was a greater power touched a lesser power. And in physics, a greater power touched a lesser power means the lesser power must give way. Because wow, they don't understand slaying in the spirit. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> they killed them. What is prophecy? Have your leaders equipped with scripture and explanations. Here's some other ideas and methods. Five times a year, we have call her nights for the ladies. Extended times of prayer, ministry times in the word, and where prophetic ministry takes place. We have prayer at the walls during our worship. If you look at our experience times right here, is it after Abby, the third song, correct? After the third song, after the second song, excuse me, is it on the order? Probably is. Yeah, it is. Prayer at the walls. So the, the screen will say, if you need prayer, go to the side walls. Because in the atmosphere of prayer of worship, there's prayer taking place. And some of our, our prayer team is equipped. They've been trained. So the church doesn't know, but somebody's being prophesied over. But you can't hear it because people are worshiping. 
hands are being laid on, declaring healing over people. I mean, like miracles are taking place along the prayer walls, right? And in uh, the craziest play, when I when I preach at, um, my wife says, "Don't name drop." So you know, I, I don't want to name drop. When I was preaching for Joel. Um, <laughs> If I was name dropping, it would have been Joe Lowstein, but I wasn't, okay? <laughs> but in a serious note, <laughs> that's funny. When I was at Lakewood, I was blown away because what you don't see is you don't see the full hour and a half worship experience. When I was there and then during worship and we brought it back to our church, it came on the, it came on the screens, if you want prayer... Step into the aisles, and our prayer team will meet you. And I saw people, wow. hands being laid on them, awesome. people weeping, awesome. people being touched by the presence. I came immediately home. I said, listen, we're going to incorporate this. Yeah. That's creating space, come on, for the Holy Spirit yeah. to move. Yeah. And it's doing it through the people that should be doing it to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Are you with me? Okay. Flexibility and transition. Here's another idea. The last song and two announcements, I already talked about that. We give some time. There's three, four minutes where we could just kind of flow a little bit. Here's another idea. I already talked about this, but one to two minute, but two and a half minute of reprise of worship right before the message, allowing for a word of knowledge, specific prayer or worshipful transition into the message. Quite frankly, that's my favorite part because I'm just like, okay, Lord, here we go. Here's another idea, feeling liberated to dismiss a worship experience but provide extended prayer of people at the altars as needed. So as people are exiting, sometimes we have people at the altars and they're getting prayed for. Here's another idea, not being afraid to sporadically have a worship experience go along to allow for prayer. So let me explain to you this. I have more freedom on a Saturday night because we don't have a second worship experience. Yes. Right. So jokingly, I would tell people, if you want to get out on time, come to 830 tomorrow. <laughs> 10 o'clock, I, I got, and, and we're, we're, we are jam-packed, like sometimes up to, up to 100 people in our lobby on plastic chairs. It's just, it's mayhem. So I understand the turnover of everything. But that's why we have Saturday nights, and that's why we have other opportunities. So Saturday night at 11.45, we don't have anything at the end. So that's a time where we can go a little bit longer and a little bit, have just a little bit. Are you, are you, now, we, if, 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 if we're not feeling a drive-by, we're not creating one. Because I grew up in church where you got to create it because if, if there was none of this, then God didn't move. God's always moving. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe God's moving right now. I do. I, I do believe that. But there's a difference between him moving and him manifesting. Ah, you don't want it. You don't. Yeah, you don't. God help me. I feel something. God's always moving. He's always moving. He, he's here. God's everywhere. Amen. But sometimes God wants to manifest. You think the burning bush is, is the only time like God was only in the burning bush with, with, with Moses? Yeah. No, that's when he decided to manifest. Yeah. But his presence is ready on the mountain. Yeah. God, I feel something. Yeah. No, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, now, I don't create the movement or the manifestation. I'm just aware of when it's happening. Yeah. Jesus said, you don't know, you know where the wind comes from, where it goes? 
You don't know. You don't see. You don't know where it goes. So it's the Holy Spirit. You don't know where he comes from, where he's going. So, so this, I'm going to give you old school stuff that, that uh, maybe it's not going to be relevant. And then I'm going to give you the last few minutes for questions. I'm concerned about a new generation that is so polished, that has it so down, there's no difference between you and a TED talker. People don't just need information, they need revelation. They need a man or a woman that is heard from God. And I would dare say, everyone that spoke here at Ark, come on somebody, heard from God. There there was something, there was was an anointing, there was a wind, there was was weight in somebody's words. Listen, words are not primarily for communication, they are for creation. When you are speaking, you are not communicating. You are creating atmospheres. You are creating thought patterns. You are creating, come on somebody. Yes. Yes. You're creating something. You're moving something. You're shifting something. That's why Paul said, I didn't come to you with the persuasive words of men. But I came to you in the power of the demonstration of God. That your faith may rest in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. Now, in my growing up, they use as an excuse for not to study and not become good in communication. Because they go either or on me all the time. I want to be one of the best communicators. I want to be witty. I want to be funny. I want to connect. I want to, I want to reach the, the culture. I want to be wherever I can. I, I don't care if you're black, white, brown. Yeah, I can relate to a woman. Come on, look at these legs. <laughs> So I tell, I tell, people say, why do you wear skinny jeans at your age? I say, because you can't wear them at your age. Come on. And I, then I say this, I say, because when you got legs like a woman, come on, you got to show them off, baby. And all the women go crazy. They go crazy. I go, my wife married me for my legs. I go, baby, you can have these legs. They're, they're yours if you say, I do. Not for my arms, not for my shoulders. I don't have a chest. It was for my legs, baby. I, I want to be, I want to be relevant. I, I want to be funny. But man, I want to say something that shifts things and changes things. And people walk out that I heard from God. Are you hearing me? So how do you get that? You get that by praying. You get that by worshiping. You get that by sending me time. It's called yada. It's time when you spend time with Jesus. And, and Jesus begins to download on you. And you're like driving like I was driving yesterday. And I got my Jesus culture on. And I'm like, this is a sound of adoration. And I'm just, I'm just singing on the way to church. And God fills my little fiat. And I know people were looking at me at the stop sign. I'm just going crazy like, like this. Yeah, I don't care. If you want to release oil, you've got to get oil. I'm using old school, but I'm done. Questions. Questions, questions. Please, questions. Yes, I'm sorry if I yelled and offended somebody. Because isn't there a class over there? there uh, okay. I wanted them to think that we're having more fun than before. We are. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Is this not the best app you've been to so far? Okay. Okay, question. Yes, somebody over here. Yeah, we could. We could get that to you. Um, Miguel right here. Ogas, he can give you that information. He can give you that schedule for that, for Revival Night. You have the printout of the one that we've given you for the weekend, okay? So, other questions? Uh, and, and, yes, I see that hand. Um, has you been being, like, seriously forward with your church? Yes. You're making it, you know, not spiritually awkward, but very supernatural. How yeah. do you get your team that's around you that has maybe been hurt in the past by people with Yeah. Body, how do you get them on board without them being like, yeah. First of all, if somebody's been hurt, the question is, if you have team members that have been hurt or been under abuse or seen it, it's odds oh, cringeworthy. Number one, so what I always do, I always acknowledge that they've been through that. The worst thing is, oh, really? I, I don't ever put anybody down. I, 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 I want to associate with their pain because what you don't know is that that happened to me because I got pushed down at altars and said I was healed and I wasn't healed. And then a prominent healing evangelist, I told you his name. He's an old guy now, but you would know his name. And he said, it was my lack of faith. I want to get up and punch him in his face. Because I'm like, no, no, no. Maybe it's your lack of faith. Because you prayed for me. I didn't get healed. Oh, I, no, trust me. I've been in stuff. And I was the worst critic. I used to curse. I was backslidden. I'd be in the back. And when God supernaturally reached me in 1986, on a beach in Southern California, and Jesus showed up. No, 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 like he showed up and he changed my life. And all of a sudden he's like, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to use you to reach people that were hurt and abused like you. So I just say this and I, I get you just sit and observe. And I pray that God will somehow hear your heart. And I don't rush the process. I don't rush the process. It takes time for people. But people need to, to, to trust. Yeah. Yeah. Trust takes time. Yeah. Some of you still say, well, I don't know about any prayers. That's fine because we don't know each other. But if you were on staff with me, you'd learn to trust me. And I'd learn to trust you. I could go toe-to-toe with people that have been abused in spiritual, charismatic churches because I've been there. So I think that's why I'm hypersensitive to a lot of stuff. Questions? Yes. So you don't allow uh, tongues interpretation no. on your services. So what about prophetic words? Do you have specific people that you have kind of given a green light to on your team? To Great question. Prophetic words, or what about people who come up in the congregation? Yeah. Just that say, hey, I've got a word. Yeah, question. So uh, for the sake of the app, uh, do we allow people that have a gift of prophetic words or, or have a prophetic word to come in front of the congregation? The answer is no. We don't do that. However, we would prophesy, but not in that manner. So we're not going to say, I got a prophetic word. Who's ever doing transition is going to prophetically proclaim something. But it's not going to like, okay, I'm going to prophetically. We don't do that. Revival night, we may do that. But not on the weekend. Does that make sense? Okay. And so I was prophesying to the lady on my right. When I stopped her message, it was literally 45 seconds. I didn't say I was prophesying. I was saying, hey, this is what this is what God says. This is what's happening. Does that make sense? So that's how we would do it. If somebody does it differently, I'm not putting it down. We just don't do it that way. Okay? Yes. How do you raise people to operate in 
Okay, here, that's a great question. How do you raise somebody to operate in prophetic gifts? My mentor told me this is true. A lot of things are caught, not taught. The more, the more you're in the atmosphere, I'm telling you. Now, do we train? Yes. Do we? Can I talk to you about the night spirit? Yes. Can I do that? Do we have a class for that? Yes. I, but I'm telling you, it's like when you walk into a smoke-filled room, even though you don't smoke, you smell like it when you walk out. The more you're in that atmosphere, it, it, it catches. It just flows. So a lot of guys have been underneath me, both men and women, and underneath my wife, they go, oh my gosh. Like, when they're out preaching and stuff, do you know Benny Perez? You you operate just like him. And things are taught because what you see and what you sit under is what you will become. And what you will be. Other questions, we got just five more minutes. What time's the next app? app? Three. Three, okay. But I, 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 Yeah. Somebody said, I always, only one person always says, keep going. Like when I'm preaching a long time, only one person says, keep going, Pastor. <laughs> Everybody else is quiet. The quiet is, no, don't keep going, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. From your launch, uh, did you try to minimize the movement spirit? Like, did you try to be both hands? Um... Yeah, from our launch, from our launch, um, I actually preached, my first message at our launch, I preached on cereal. I had boxes of Lucky Charms. I had boxes of... Uh, I had a box of uh, cornflakes. <clears throat> I think I had some oatmeal. And then I had a, a box of total. Total. And, and I was preaching. I said, no, we're not going to be Lucky Charms. No, we're going to be this. And I was using the example that this cereal is the totality of everything. And we want to have a church that's going to be open to both. Does that make sense? Yeah. And let me say it to you this way. It's easy for me to be this way or that way. But to live in the tension of the middle, that's what I call it. I think to live in the tension of the middle, you've got to be in more prayer. Be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Right? Because it's like, okay, here. And no four experiences, even when I preach, the message never comes out the same. Because there's different people, different needs, different situations. It's the tension of the middle. If you don't like tension, then both and is not for you. Yes, sir. Yes. So now that's a great question. So practically speaking, here's what we do. Hey, generosity time, great. And uh, we give how many minutes? You'll see it on your sheet, whatever that is. And as the generosity containers are passing you by, stand up one more time for worship. So the people know as it passes by, they, all, they start standing. And so, so by the time who's ever getting up to preach, people are standing, they're worshiping. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Thanks. I want to make sure we're clear. Yes. Wait, somebody in the back raised their hand. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, so the question is, does the Lord reveal to me or maybe somebody on our team that a prophecy is going to come, and, and how many and how often? And for me, the answer is no. I, I would probably sense something. I feel something in that moment. So my style is I'm a feeler. I feel and I sense in the moment. Okay, but so typically, no. I've had people come up to me during worship and say, Pastor, my team, I think I have like something I want to exhort the church with or a word with. And they'll tell me and I say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel that. Or I say, you know what? Yes, this is how you're going to do it. So I coach them how they're going to do it. 
Because I can't let somebody go up there and do their own way. I got to coach them. Do we still got a minute or two? Or are we? We're... Okay, one more. He's keeping me. He's keeping me honest. Come on now. Yes, sir. Yeah. So the question is, do we go into the city and and do outreach and things of that nature? And the answer is yes and no. Do we do it in an organized fashion? Uh, no. But do we release our people to do it in their everyday life? Yes. So we would encourage people. We'll tell people. And I even just maybe I'll do a message or two on that. And we'll just encourage people. And again, the same way at your job. Hey, I got a headache. Hey, you know what, man? Do you mind, do you mind I pray for you? I just believe God to heal you right now. Yeah. Sure. Why not? And we declare healing over people. So that's what we do. So listen, uh, I could probably talk for another half hour. We could have a bunch of questions. We have a bunch of stuff that that we could talk about. The next one is at three o'clock. Is that correct? The next one is at three o'clock. So um, what I'll do is after we end, I'll just stand in the hallway if anybody has any questions. And I'll just answer questions as fast as I can, single by single. I have a three o'clock. Uh, if you need to raise money, if you need to find where to find money, come to follow me. Follow me to the money, okay? <laughs> so uh, let me pray for you. Can we all stand, please? If you want to come to our church conference, it's November 6th, 7th, and 8th, and you'll see it demonstrated. November 6th, 7th, and 8th in Las Vegas. Okay, come on out. And uh, churchlv.com. And I'd uh, love to see you. Darius Daniels is going to be preaching. And uh, Miles McPherson will be preaching a whole message on what you heard for 15 minutes. And uh, Tim Timberlake, my good friend from North Carolina, is going to be awesome. I'll be preaching. One of the one of the most powerful prophets in America, Dr. Michael Maiden, is going to be ministering prophetically at our conference. And he prophes- he, he, he has prophesied over 300 people in one meeting. So if you need a word from God, come to Vegas. Seriously. So let me pray for you and we're out of here. Uh, have not picked up uh, Pastor Benny's book, uh, God, The God of More. Oh, The God of More, yes. Uh, you are going to absolutely want to grab that. It's, it's in the bookstore. But one tool that if, if God is stirring something, you got to grab both things. Um, it's, it's a book that Pastor Benny wrote. It's yeah. been a huge tool for our church. We left here stirred but still had a lot more questions. So I want to encourage you guys to pick that up. Yeah. And uh, you, you won't be disappointed with that. You can get both and off of Amazon, I believe. And I just go over, I mean, I, literally, it's a real practical book of how to do a lot of stuff that we're talking about. And, uh, and if you need any, any more questions or whatever, uh, Miguel's right here. He's one of my pastors. Abby's right here. Daniel Stango. I don't know if he left or not. He was, he's over here. Uh, but, man, anywhere we could serve you at Church LV, pastors or leaders, uh, we'd love to serve you. Uh, seriously, you know, we want to be a resource. We have kind of an informal kind of network of churches. And uh, we just resource and help and pray with and encourage people. We believe in women uh, pastors, women preaching to men. Yes. Let me clarify that. Yes. We believe in women pastors, but only to women. Shut up. Sit down. Come on, women. Help me a little bit. Don't leave me hanging there. Father, I thank you for this great group of people. Lord, I just thank you, Holy Spirit. We're just hungry for what you want. We're hungry to reach a culture 
We don't want an aquarium like Dave Patterson said. We want the river to flow in the salt water and make it fresh. Lord, we pray for a harvest. We pray, God, you would use this as supernatural naturally, just like you, Jesus, did. And as you are, so are we in this earth. And Lord, like my friend prays, we pray this prayer. Your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare that in Jesus, but in the nombre de Jesus. Más poder y más amor en el nombre de Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 amen.